0: If you don't have a clear idea of what you're going to sell and who you're going to sell it to, um, then you're probably not ready to get going.
1: Welcome back to the Vagrant Coffee Hustle Cast. Uh, it's Josh and Jared, and today we're going to be talking about business, specifically uh, what makes a business. How do you start one? Yeah, this is kind of our
0: behind-the-scenes part one. So the goal today is to talk about all of the things that you have to
1: think through before you actually get your business off the ground, before you file that LLC. Yeah. So from us, we're thinking through... Uh, our history and what made our business uh, successful. Um, And we thought we'd talk through some of those pieces and uh, try to discuss or perhaps generate ideas for other people who want to start their business as well. But it kind of starts with this idea of um, what is the grand scheme? What is the big vision of your business? Is it that you want to uh, start your own little company that you work for, or is it something that you want to grow into a bigger organization and maybe have employees and um, a, a bigger structure around it? Yeah, I think that's something that um, that we definitely did right at the beginning.
0: We kind of had what that end goal looked like, and so we knew how we were building. But that's such an important piece that a lot of people don't think about if if you want to start a small business in your house, is that all you ever want it to be? Or do you want it to grow into something bigger? Are you going to move into a production facility? Are you going to hire employees? Um, so those, those
1: kinds of things are, are critical in thinking through uh, yeah. as you get going. And it doesn't really matter so much of what kind of business you want to run. Right. Um, it could be, in our case, coffee, obviously, or it could be, I don't know, making handmade soaps in your house. Um, it's one of those things that you want to think through uh, before you get started. Sure, I think uh, a lot of people go with something that they enjoy, like a hobby, and say like, oh, I really enjoy blank, I enjoy potting plants, I enjoy making soaps, or whatever it is. Um, and they think like, oh, well, maybe like right now, when, you know, in the middle of coronavirus, they're thinking like, oh, well, this is something I can do, this is something I can, I can start, and maybe some friends will buy, um, maybe some other people will buy or, at least in our case, we thought uh, not so much of maybe this is something that our friends can buy, but maybe this is something that we can uh, really grow into a really big enterprise and um, maybe make it be a little bit bigger than ourselves. But I think that it's one of those differentiating things that you got to think about when you start a business. Like, is this something that's going to be just for me? Or am I going to create something that is going to help Grow me, and outlast you. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, for both of us, we we want to build something that at some point we can step away from, whether that's in retirement or or before that, whoever, who knows. Um, but something that we can step away from, and it will continue on beyond us. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's not necessarily the case for everybody. That's an, and it's not the right answer versus the other way being the wrong answer. Um, that's just our goal for our business.
1: Yeah, And I think that it is, it's important to think through what your goal for your business is. Yeah, And I think also we've met lots of people who wanted to start a business of some sort, maybe a product, and then sell the business. I think that's really, really popular nowadays. Yeah. Um, like, you know, if you're really good at creating a special type of mug and you think, oh, I can create this mug and then I can sell that technology I can sell that idea to another company right. and then right. I'll just cash out and be done. I think right. we've encountered I don't know, I don't even know how many businesses it just that we've gotten to know the owners over time who really really want to grow something and then sell it. Right. Um, so that way they maybe cash in on whatever the value of that product or that company or that uh, yeah. patent is yep. worth and then right. um, maybe do something else. That, that, You'll see a lot of times that can either be the product itself or a brand. A lot of
0: people yeah. are brand building and then they can sell that brand onto a bigger company that will then operate that
1: brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, people who do that in kind of a cyclical pattern or uh, have gotten that, nerve, that term uh, serial entrepreneur right? where they just want to start a company and grow it to a certain level and then sell it off and then start another one. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, uh, it's certainly not something that we have sought out to do from the beginning. I think that what we wanted to do was we want to start a company, something bigger than us, um, and then grow that to a certain place and uh, stay with the company for the foreseeable future. So, we're not looking to sell off the company, we're not looking to work in it with just us, but instead grow it to be a sizable enterprise with employees and that sort of thing. And that's something you really gotta think through when you get something started.
0: Yeah, and and the business can take so many different forms, uh, so many different shapes. There's there's all kinds of categories of businesses. We think about um, even like buying a franchise. Like I had so many people tell me when I was looking at starting a coffee company, what does it look like to just buy a franchise and yeah. you get a package deal, here you go, this is all of your marketing material, this is the area with, in which you can, you can operate um, versus something like starting from scratch versus uh, multi-level marketing or, or direct marketing situation. Like There's so many different forms that that business can take yeah. and you really gotta be, um, you got to be specific and you got to know what your goals are for your business and what you want that to look like.
1: But it's also okay to change it's Absolutely. also okay to get started on something and realize oh this isn't structured the way that i want right. i want to kind of tweak it which is going to be way easier to do earlier on uh, than it will right. be down the road after you have a lot of product or raw materials or employees right. so that's a little bit more tricky to change
0: yeah and in
1: even when you create a plan it's important to be flexible
0: because sometimes pivots have to happen if you're going to stay in business. Yeah. And I mean, I can think about the last month we've had to do a lot of pivoting with the coronavirus, um, just so that we could stay solvent just so we could keep our noses above water. So all the planning in the world is fantastic and it's important, but you also have to be flexible when it's necessary.
1: It's important to remember. So, uh, for us at Vagrant, um, We are technically a company now for three years. We've hit our three-year mark, which is great, great. However, the idea for Vagrant is a lot older than the three years that we've actually been a company. When we started thinking about this together, it was about five years ago, and we were able to take some of our independent ideas that we had for this and start to flesh those out into what does it look like to create a, a brand, a company and have that grow? It's not as simple as buying the equipment or buying the supplies and then just going, but instead without that, that structure, that vision behind it, we wouldn't have been able to get to where we are today. Yeah. And there's a lot of big business
0: terms that get thrown around, um, that sound a little overwhelming and. They're not terms that we knew necessarily when we started this. But looking back, we, we were able to think through a lot of those things. And uh, a value proposition is one of the big things that you hear people talk about a lot. What is your value proposition? Um, and that's really a fancy way of saying, what is it that your company is going to offer that people are willing to pay for? Yep. Which, when it comes down to it, that's the
1: essence of business. That, what are you exchanging uh, for money for right. your customer? And that could really be like a a product that you make it could be an idea that you sell something that you're exchanging money for Um, it could be that you spend a little time figuring it out digitally or an actual physical product it doesn't really matter in that regard but um something that you intend to sell so and it's not just something you intend to sell because you know, you could sell ice. Right. But that doesn't mean that somebody's gonna want to buy it. Right. So or wanna buy it from you. Right, right. So that is the essence of the value proposition. Right. Not even so much what can you make, right. but what will other people buy from you. Right. Yeah. So part of that is
0: what is your differentiating factor. Maybe yeah. there's a hundred ice sellers on your street. Why are people gonna come to you to buy ice? As opposed to the guy next door. Right. That's kind of a weird example. I don't know how many ice. Well, that's definitely
1: the case for coffee. Yeah, for sure. Because coffee is almost as common as ice. So for us, we got asked that question a lot. Right. Um, Why would somebody buy coffee from you? You can go here, 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 pretty much anywhere and get coffee. Why would people buy it from you?
0: Yeah, and I think that the question we asked ourselves when we were looking to answer that is what can you be the best in the world at? Yeah. If if you find uh, something that you can be the best in the world at, even if it's the best ice seller on Key Highway, um, whatever that is, you latch onto that and you make sure you're the best in the world in that. And for us, that was how can we do uh, quality coffee
1: anywhere? Yeah. And that was a huge, huge differentiating factor. Right. Um, if you are into the specialty coffee world at all, then... Uh, You'll understand that there's a big difference between commodity-grade coffee and specialty-grade coffee. And for us, we wanted to stay specifically in specialty-grade coffee. Uh, We knew that that is a fast-growing and pretty much the only growing segment of coffee nowadays. Um, The commodity coffee industry is starting to slow down a lot. So we wanted to be in that space. We did the research to determine hey, this is the aspect of coffee that we want to follow. But a huge piece for us was that differentiating factor of, well, a lot of people drink specialty coffee from whatever place, but it's sometimes hard to get in certain places. Maybe that's because it's tricky to brew, and you have to really pay attention to all of the uh, the pieces and the formulas and the equipment in order to make it really great. And that sometimes is like a, a, a non-starter for right. people. And for a, for a lot of coffee
0: shops, um, the idea behind a brick and mortar, is you are able to control all the variables. You have the equipment that's really heavy to move. It's uh, really specific to this industry. Um, not to mention expensive. Not to mention expensive. Yeah. So So the brick and mortar cafe environment is a way to control as many of those variables as possible. And our idea was, okay... We know it's possible to do what a cafe can do outside of it, even if it's hard, and that's what we want to be the best in the world at. Yeah. So that was our differentiating factor, and that's what we've kind of latched onto, what we can be the best in the world at.
1: Yeah. So uh, we decided to build our equipment in such a way that we would be able to take those elements of fine-tuned control in a cafe and then do them outside of a cafe, which is... Uh, really simple of an idea, but it's really complicated and complex to pull off. Right. So that for us has been a gigantic differentiating factor. Sure. Yeah. And and getting back to pivoting,
0: the brick and mortar cafe environment was never our goal. Right. But as we kind of went down this, how do we do coffee anywhere? We realized that it was important for us to have a hub, to have a place that we can restock, that a place that we can reset get all of our equipment ready to go. Um, And so that's how the cafes came about. That was a pivot within, we're still within our vision of what we want Vagrant Coffee to be, uh, but the pivot was adding the brick and mortars. And that's just still to support what we think we can be the best in the world at. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So beyond a value proposition, once you've figured out what it is you're going to sell and how you're going to sell it and how you're going to stand out from the rest of the people that are in that, Industry uh, the next piece I guess is who are you going to sell it to who's yeah. your target market? Yep. Yeah. and and that's a, a critical piece uh, if you don't know who that person you're marketing your product to is uh, You run the risk of just trying to please everybody which is a scenario that almost never works unless your name is Walmart
1: Yeah, Walmart or Pepsi right. or any of those gigantic gigantic brands that have been around for a long time Um, they, they kind of figured out how they can get that gigantic group of people, but even then they have limitations. Sure. Um, so for us, as we identified who that market was, it was, uh, taking a specific look at, uh, more than just who likes coffee. Right. Um, they say 80% of adults drink coffee, which is great, but believe it or not, 80% of adults don't drink the same coffee. And so those are pieces that we actually had to look into and figure out like, okay, this group likes this, and this group likes this, and this group like this, which one is the one we're going to aim at? Right. Yeah. And that was not a, a small thing. That was a really, really big choice to realize if we aim at this group, we are going to be alienating a different group. Right.
0: And, and that's a, um, A, that's a constantly moving target because that demographic is shifting all the time. Um, but but B, that it's it's so nuanced, and again, there's no right answer and wrong answer. Yeah. What we've chosen to focus on as our target market may be different than than another coffee company's target market. Yeah. Um, and there's so many variables, so many pieces you've got to look at to decide that. Um, we because we know that the specialty coffee is the only growing market, we definitely wanted. We wanted to be in that vein of people that like craft and quality coffee, uh, as opposed to to looking at maybe maybe a bigger group of people that are drinking lower quality coffee, but it's an always shrinking group. And because we have intentions for this company to go on for a long time, we don't want to be focused on a group of customers that is constantly shrinking year over year. Yeah. So it's a lot of pieces to think through, uh, but they're really important pieces to think through. And these are all things that have to happen before you start. If you don't have a clear idea of what you're going to sell
1: and who you're going to sell it to, um, then you're
0: probably not ready to get going. Yeah,
1: and for us that meant specifically when we got started taking a look at our product and real recognizing does this product actually connect to our target market? Um, We had an idea that it would. But not only that, but with what we were doing with doing specialty coffee outside of the cafe, uh, we were not necessarily in control of who was gonna be drinking our product. And so uh, throughout our journey, we were looking at our roasting process and our brewing process to determine are we doing what our target market wants and is our target market the actual people who are buying from us and that changed a lot of how we do what we do without necessarily impacting the who we're aiming at yeah yeah that was a really really tricky thing for us coming from a really high-end specialty coffee world the like are we doing what the customer is wanting, or are we doing what we're wanting, and how do those interplay with each other? Right, and that
0: and that's really again where you got to be flexible. Um, if we had been only pour-over coffees that take five minutes per cup, um, and and it was the highest quality bean ever, and they were nine-dollar coffees, we're in scenarios where our customers are saying we don't have nine dollars to spend or five minutes to wait yeah so so what is it that you can offer me right now for less money so those are the things as we identified our target market and we knew generally we want to be in the craft coffee world how do we match those two up and and for us it definitely wasn't five minute coffee at nine dollars right it was what you know 60 second coffee at the most um and and selling package deals and that was that for us was a big shift instead yeah. of selling coffee by the cup uh, where every single customer you have to have that uh, transaction time built into the, the time you're making the coffee. Uh, now we're just selling the entire package. We're saying we're going to be here for an hour. Yeah. Um, so that was a shift for us too to
1: figure yeah. out what our customers want. Absolutely. And I think one of the pieces that we haven't necessarily gotten into is the effect that it can have on you personally and emotionally. Um, because you start a business because it's something that you care about and something that you really want to do Um, and so you have this dream and this vision of like oh I really like this or oh I have some data behind this being a good thing Uh, I want to bring this to the world and I know that other people will just enjoy it and then you get there and then maybe people don't right and they start asking you questions like you know why do you charge so much for this? I can get this cheaper at the gas station down the street or you know this place gives it out for free and you all want what you want for it. Or this isn't the flavor preference that I prefer. Do you have anything else? And for us, especially when we're out doing an event, no, we don't. Like this is this is what we've got. It would involve so much more equipment and money and figuring out a whole system to offer more. And that can that can hurt sometimes when you're yeah encountering somebody who says like oh I don't I don't like your product that you've just spent years and thousands of dollars building Um, but it's not business isn't personal this is just people's buying habits and what they prefer and what they like and sure I think you can kind of go two different ways with it you can go the way of like nope I like what I like and I'm gonna do what I can do and that's gonna be it or you can say all right, I hear what you're saying. I understand that you want something different. Let me see what I can do to tweak that and to make it maybe a little bit more enjoyable for you, which isn't really even a bad thing to think about. It's just uh, understanding and processing like, how do I want to make this business run? And what is my overall vision and goal? And does Is what the customer is asking for going to compete with that? Or is this just a part of the journey? And and that's why it's so important to have some of these
0: bigger questions answered before you start. Are you willing to to maybe not make things the way that you personally prefer so that you can appeal to a wider group of people, which will theoretically make your business more successful? Or do you want to be very, very focused on the thing that you're super passionate about? And maybe you'll have to charge more because you're getting less customers yep. through the door. So those those are, are pieces that will all, like your entire business is gonna be affected by how you answer these initial questions and how willing you
1: are to be flexible on those questions. Yeah. And so when identifying the target market of like who you're gonna sell to right. and figuring out some attributes about them, what are some things that we have learned through the process of like, how to do that really super well. I mean, I think one of the things that we've noticed is, is
0: there's kind of two parts to it. There's the marketing part and Mm. then there's the actual part. Yeah. Right. We, we have uh, our aspirational customer Um, kind of the brand is built around. This is what it's targeted towards, even though that's not necessarily the majority of people that walk through our door. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We really like the business entrepreneur kind of, Scene world, um, those tend to be the people we hang out with and talk to, and that's kind of been our aspirational customer, yeah. Yeah, when that's not necessarily 90% of the people that walk through the door, yeah. So, I think, um, I think
1: you got to separate those two things the marketing piece and the actual piece, yeah. I think that we have taken a look at the people who come through the door and tried to identify who do you want to be? Right. That, that's that been a really big, big piece for us figuring out our target audience. Um, we work in coffee, so we see a very wide variety of people. Yeah. Um, coffee is a relatively easy thing to jump on board with. It is a comfort item for a lot of people. But then we started to look at the actual people who, who are buying this and are trying to figure out, okay, who do you want to be? What are you trying to accomplish in life and how can we help you get to where you're trying to go? Right. Um, and then once we were able to identify some of those factors, we were able to kind of figure out our place of right. how can we, as a company, uh, help that person get to that place. But obviously you can't help everybody get to every place. And so we, we decided, okay, based off of who we want to be, and the general idea of who's coming in our shop, okay, this is who we can identify as our target person, which tends to be um, a more business-focused, driven, um, aspir like it's a you're motivated to accomplish and do something. Right. Um, it, it could be a lot of different things. It could be writing a book. Could be starting a company. Right. But somebody who's motivated and driven to do something. In whatever industry they may be in, because we're in our
0: stores and and where we operate are in such wildly different neighborhoods. Yeah. In the yeah. Fed Hill neighborhood, our customer looks very different than our Station North neighborhood, which looks very different than than our all of our mobile and events type things. Yeah. So it's um, when we were thinking through who our target market is, it it was not necessarily a specific age and salary demographic. It was more of a mentality demographic. Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's been important for us to recognize uh, as, as we have to operate in very different types of neighborhoods. But
1: I also think that it had to do with... Um, yeah, we looked at who was buying and we kind of had to shift a little bit the mentality of like, okay, this person who we've identified as our target person... Ideally has an income of this much, right. and this is how they're able to to purchase these things. Right. But coffee is a little bit weird in that regard, where yes. uh, not everybody necessarily has an ideal financial situation when they're buying coffee. Sometimes it's just something people want so bad right. that they're willing to spend even beyond their means in order to get it. And students is a great example. Absolutely. Students are not high income folks usually. Right. But they do drink a lot of they coffee, drink a lot of coffee. So it's a little bit of a shift to realize like, oh okay, maybe our target audience doesn't have a standardized oh, okay. income situation. Right. Maybe it's something else that drives them to make these purchases. Yeah. Um, and coffee, what we found is it's kind
0: of that little luxury that Sometimes if you can't afford a five-star meal, well, you can afford a $4 latte. Like, right. That's kind of the little luxury, and that's actually what's helped in um, kind of recession times. Yeah, When the economy goes down and people stop eating at those five-star restaurants, that's that last little luxury that they can still hold on to, and it's been really good for us.
1: Yeah. And then um, another piece of that would be what we've done with businesses. So coffee is one of those, like we said before, a comfort item, and so we have found a lot of people essentially gift coffee in one way or another to people because they uh, they really appreciate that for whatever reason, I mean, it might be the caffeine or whatever, but people really appreciate that kind of gift that speaks to them in a personal way, and so, um what we find is a lot of businesses really want um to be able to to touch people in that kind of a way and so it is still fitting in that demographic idea of like the target audience but it's been a way for us to be able to connect to other businesses and say like hey you want to you want to reach people and you want to connect with them in a special way here's an easy way to do that yeah. So again, I think these are all
0: questions that it was really helpful for us to think through a lot of these yeah. before our first day of operations, before we went out in the world, and started saying, Hey, we've got this coffee for sale. Who wants to buy it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think next week we're going to talk about maybe some of the more uh, nitty gritty hands-on parts of starting a business, yeah. but unless you know this part, you're, you're going to be behind the curve when it gets to that next part.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want to have that big picture of your business. You want to have your value proposition, and you want to identify your target market, or else the rest of it is going to be really difficult to pull off. Right. Yeah, yeah so that being said,
0: tune in next week, because we're going to talk about part two, getting a business off the ground.
1: See ya. Hey, everybody. This is Josh and Jared with the Vagrant Coffee Hustlecast.
0: Tune in every Tuesday for new content at vagrantcoffee.com.
1: Please like and share
0: and subscribe. Drink vagrant coffee and make life better.